0: This episode is proudly brought to you today by the Big Ten and UNICEF.
1: This is a business. This is not a charity. You know, I mean, maybe one day UNICEF will get into the impound business, but, you know, until then, we're the people to see.
0: Both are absolute garbage. And now before the show starts, a long forward by the head coach of the LSU Tigers, Coach Ed Ogeron.
2: Hey, Antelopians! this is Coach O, Coach Ed Ogeron, LSU Tigers. Go Tigers. You know, we, uh, I want y'all to tune in to that Sports Antelope remix, Reloaded, uh, Antidote, Reloaded. I think that's what they really call it. going to be a good show. You know, this is Coach O. I want y'all to listen to me and to Danny Belts and uh, Drunk Neighbor, anybody else they got coming on. We, um, you know, I mean, this is a tough time right now for Coach O. I mean, I, you know, I got I, I want to play, baby. I got my team motivated, but I don't know who we're going to play, when we're going to play. But look, I'm ready. I'll play a flag football team. I'll play high school team. I'll, I'll play girls, junior high, volleyball. You, I mean, it don't matter. Bring it. We we coming, baby. And uh, I mean hopefully we coming. I mean, I'll, you you bring it, I come. You know, it, it's going to be tough. But we're trying to find a way, and we're trying to find a will, and we're going to do it. And, uh, you know, I want to say we're going to be having one of them podcasts tonight they are going to be talking about leadership and tough choices. It's going to be that burden of command, baby. Like Coach O, I'm the CEO. You know, I get Ensminger, then I demote him, then I bring in Canada, and then I fire Canada, and then I re-promote Inzminger, and then I get Brady, and then they kind of share it. And, then I mean, you know, it, 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 it's all about, about X's and O's, maybe, about pulling the lever. I mean, like, like Truman, you know, he was like, well, I can stop World War II right now and, and save a big old invasion of Japan and kill a bunch of Japanese and American soldiers by nuking them. But I ain't never nuked nobody before, except for the uh, desert out there in White Sands. But anyway, you know, Truman, he could have, I mean, he, he didn't really know what to do. I mean, it was, was kind of dangerous, but he went ahead and nuked. And I mean, it was bad. I mean, he killed a lot of people, but I mean, there would have been a lot more dead people if he hadn't nuked uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Now, a tough decision, baby. I mean, nobody wants to have to make a call like that. I mean... You know, I mean, like less Miles, Les Miles calling a trick play is one thing, but, I mean, you know, pressing a button and killing, you know, half a million people, I mean, that that that's kind of a, whew, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I <laughs> glad I have to make no decisions like that, baby. And uh, one more thing I want y'all to think about and talk about is that they're going to have one of them big old ass-whipping MMA things, um, the pay-per-view and all that. I mean, I love watching that. I mean, it reminds me of when I was a boy. Whipping ass over there at Northwestern with Bobby A. Bear, you know, or walking outside of a bar in Bayou, Buff, Louisiana, and just seeing two Cajuns whipping each other's ass. I mean, you can't get you can't get no better than that, baby. It's almost like watching hockey, but with no ice. I'm Coach O, bitch. Tune into that Antelope and go Tigers.
0: Welcome to the Sports Antidote, The Reset, number nine, The Burden of Taking a Stand. I am your host, Danny Belts, with a Z, and here is my co-host, The Drunk Neighbor. Yo! we got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about a quick story about the bar I was at recently where I wasn't drinking, if you can believe that. Uh, the SEC is America, yes. Just like when... Right now, college football needs help and the SEC needs to be America. Just like when something happens in some part of the world and America always has to jump in. That's right. You know it's true. Kamala Harris is African-American, yet somehow there's no African-American in her at all. And she's the candidate for... Kamala. Kamala, Hashtag Kamala. We'll be getting into that with Tommy Bench. Uh, President hopeful Joe Biden goes with Harris. No surprise there. The Big Ten is absolutely... Complete and complete cuckoldry right now. We'll be smashing them. Shocker! I'm sure you knew that was coming. We'll be getting into White Bitch of the Week. We missed it last week. Shots fired from Debo. He's already uh, getting it out. I'm starting to like Debo and uh, Princess Trevor Lawrence. I gotta give it to him. He's really heading to front right now. Good for him. Making good points. Using the data to his advantage. Amazing. Imagine that. And also, we're gonna touch on the NBA a little bit. I had been watching a tad. Um, Talk about the Suns a little bit, the playoff race, the Pelicans are an absolute disgrace. And let's just, we just just start off with that. But don't forget at the end of the
3: show, head body, head body, head body, we're going to get into a little UFC.
0: UFC card 252, you're going to be getting into that with Dickie Salvo, thanks for reminding me that. Good 15, 20 minutes, even if you're not into it and not betting it, still always a good rip. So yes, be sure and catch that at the latter part of the show for the conclusion um, of today's episode. So Real quick, let's just talk about the NBA, and then we'll get into the other stuff. Now that we're talking about it, so the Phoenix Suns basically sneak into the sneak into the bubble, and and they're they're an afterthought. They have not lost a game in the bubble. They've covered nearly every every single game, and they're a half game out. And they're going to need some help. If they need the Grizzlies, I believe, to lose and Portland to lose, and if they win, then they're in. And if they play the Lakers, you could be looking at again. That, that Golden State-Baron Davis team that knocked off the one-seed uh, Dallas Mavericks. Remember that? Yeah. When Dirk was uh, just even more nasty than he normally is. It's not out of the question. The Lakers look like piss. They're not that good. They can't shoot for anything right now. They look lethargic. Um, they don't look like they're in that good of shape. Uh, they just look like they're kind of going through the motions, especially Anthony Davis. Yeah, you're seeing the typical beat-up Anthony Davis. There it is. They, and you, you called it. It's only a matter of, and he's not even really hurt. You can just tell the nagging injuries are taking – they're taking a toll. He'll be hurt his entire – he should be questionable on the injury report. He should be questionable the rest of his life. Like, not probable, just – Permanently questionable. <laughs> it's worse than, like, Bill Walton in his career. It truly is. Poor guy, man. His knees. <laughs> he used to have, like, looked like he had towels with ice while he was playing, wrapped around his freaking knees. That poor bastard. Hell of a player, though. Uh, so I would love to see the Suns get in, sneak in somehow at 200-1, to I believe, to win it all. That is Gretz worth 50 bucks. If you can get that right now, uh, I'm going to bet it tonight. Um, they're probably not going to get in the playoffs. But if they do, I, bet I watched him for a little bit. They remind me of kind of Golden State. There's just a bunch of dudes that spread the floor. They can shoot it from anywhere. What's the kid's name that's balling? TJ uh, Warren. I had no idea who that was. That shows how out of touch I am with the it NBA. Was so
3: good, Lency State.
0: Yeah, I remember in college. I just I didn't know he played for Phoenix, but at the same, t- it's crazy. I'm watching it like, wait, what? But they can all shoot it. Uh, they are fun to watch. They're deep. They go balls deep. I think almost ten deep on that bench. Devin Booker as well. Booker is he? He had another monster game yesterday. And, you know, it's just—the bubble's going okay. You know, these games are flying over if you're betting. The scores are outrageous. You would have thought it had been the reverse effect. A lot of these totals are way higher. They're all 225, and they're all flying over. Yesterday, the Dallas Mavericks played the Blazers. The total closed at 242, and it went over with four minutes left. It flew over, like 260 points in regulation. This is NBA Jam. Those are two fun teams to watch. Oh, we talked about Mavericks. Uh, This Luka kid, they got their Dirk Incarnate once again. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be better than Dirk because that's kind of sacrilege right oh, now. He will be though. He, if he does, he has to stay healthy. But he is special. And Dirk was obviously first ballot Hall of Famer. But this kid seems to be a little more, a little more silky smooth than than, than Dirk was. He's right. Yeah. He if you haven't watched Luca play, he's insane. And they have Porzingis on that team as like an afterthought, and they still have JJ Barea. <laughs> Those dude, little Puerto Rican, still jacking threes. Give me some of that ghost. Beef jerky. We have some ghost pepper beef jerky from Bucky's. This episode is brought to you today by Bucky's, um, some of the best beef jerky you've ever had in your life. Tell us about your Bucky's experience, real quick.
3: Really, really good. On the way out to Destin, Florida, stopped in right outside of Mobile, Alabama, yeah. at the Bucky's, um, a, a great Texas establishment. But Mobile, uh, delicious, absolutely fantastic. One of the best gas stations in the world. They have everything there. Yeah. Pulled pork sandwiches
0: and ice cream, like snowballs. I had a nice chopped brisket sandwich on the way up. Delicious. Adoiced. Fried chicken sandwich. They have a whole smorgasbord of alcohol, beef jerky, all homemade stuff. Great, great Texas. And I saw 10 mullocks while I was in there. Nice. Probably saw a lot of MAGA stuff, They're too. They're bringing that back. Yeah. Don't be wearing your, uh, your Biden stuff in there. That uh, they, they don't take too kindly to those who don't take too kindly in Bucky's. And then real quick, before we uh, move that on, the Pelicans are a disgrace. Can we agree on that? It's disgraceful. It's pathetic. You know, what happened to that picture of Zion where it's like, oh, he's wearing the
3: mask. He looks like Bane. Okay. Next time somebody posts a picture of somebody looking jacked on social media – just ignore it. Yeah, because it's like the fat girl who takes the angled picture and then throws a couple filters on. That's what I do. and then puts it on Tinder. Like, and then you match with her, and you show up at Fat Harry's, and you see her, and you're like, "Oh, look at Hogzilla!" Like, is <laughs> forget about it. I mean, he he showed up fat and disgusting. He can't even play regular minutes. You know, you got JJ Reddick complaining about Gentry, uh, not necessarily directly about Gentry, but saying that nobody's talking and then God knows he's going to take Twitter to complain about the president. But yeah. the, the team's just not. Alonzo Ball may have been the
0: worst player in the bubble. They said he shot 19% from three and he like was 20-something. He was something. the worst player in the bubble. He had so much potential. I don't know what's going he on He had with a kid. good
3: regular season. He's not a bubble guy.
0: Gentry needs to go, and I don't want to do too much. And you're right, because you nailed that one. But i tell you this though, man. The, the the Pelicans with this transition defense, this is just disgusting. Transition defense is two things. It's, it's coaching and effort. You have to be able to coach people to get in the lanes at the right time to get back to your spots, to stop the break and have them reset their offense. Instead, the Pelicans are a walking layup line defensively. The Kings had 80-something points at halftime a couple weeks ago. I had to, like, check the screen three times. I'm like, how do you score a 50-something? They shot 86% from three. They're wide open in the first half. There's nothing they can do. They're terrible. Gentry has to go. I'm sick of the excuse, well, their offense is good. Everybody's offense is good in the NBA. Yeah. Even Eric Spolstra, a defensive coach minded, you know, they had Hassan Whiteside. Now they have those players and they'll run you out the gym, score 130. Everyone scores in the NBA now. There's no more. You'll never see a Detroit Pistons team win another championship ever. It's, you know, you can be like Golden State. You can still score it. They play good defense, but you have to be able to draw buckets. And you have to be able to guard at some point, too. So, I mean, you know, you don't have to have a great defense, but you can't. Give up 190 points a game. The Pelicans are terrible. Um, time for Gentry to go. Uh, get, get him out. Him. Get him out. Let's bring back Tim Floyd. I got Floyd fever, baby. Uh, I got a fever. I love that guy. I used to go watch him at UNO. The private tears, bro. So I'm watching some basketball. Quick story. And uh, I'm at B-Dubs picking up some food. You know, Danny Belts is taking a little hibernation from the booze, if you didn't know. Uh, my my liver, I saw it running down the street. I had to go get it, and I decided to keep it inside me for a while. So uh, I'm sitting there picking up some food, and there's this dude next to me, and he's like, "Man, I'm here, man. I've never been to Lake Charles before. What's it to do around here?" So uh, there's a lot of sports on the television, and over here on the side, the bartender's watching Eight Mile. And uh, I've been talking to the bartender a lot, and he kind of knew that I was kind of a funny guy. Hey, you're a real funny guy. You're a funny guy. And I. He asked me what there was to do and I was like, "Man, well, if you stick around till Friday, there's like this awesome uh rap battle at the shelter." <laughs> like people heard me and they started laughing. He goes, "Rap battle, shelter." I was like, "Yeah, there's this white like self-loathing white guy. He hates himself, but he's a pretty good rapper and he's got some friends named Cheddar Bob and and some movies <laughs> playing like the bartender starts laughing and I thought the dude was going to punch me. He goes, "What's the cover?" I'm like, "5 bucks." Yeah, it's 5 bucks. He goes, "Shit, where is it?" I'm like, uh, and the bartender comes in and saves me. Like, oh yeah, it's about three blocks that way. Friday night, it was pretty funny, man. I thought, if I go back to Lake Charles, I'm gonna meet up, um, get back with that dude. His name is Bessie, B E S S I E, and he's a brother. That's a that's a that's a pretty cool name.
3: My it's... dad named me that before
0: he left to make me tough. <laughs> he's a good, dude, man. I actually put him onto the podcast. Hopefully, he's listening to this right now. He's not a podcast guy, but hopefully, the sports at the Reset can can make him a a pod type guy. Do your pod. Do your po- head body. Head body. So uh right now if we look at what's going on with, with sports, particularly college football, the, the SEC right now is they the college football is looking up to the SEC for help. And Sankey, the commish who's done a very good job in his tenure, probably the best Everyone looks up to the SEC in football. If you take the top three sports, basketball, baseball, and football, in the last 20 years, we have the most titles by far. It's not even close. Um, the Big Ten, who hasn't sent the team to the championship other than Ohio State since Woodson's Michigan 98 team, that shows how irrelevant they are in football. Good conference. Definitely the second-to-best conference. I think most would agree they're better than the Big Big 12. Or if not, I guess it's maybe not lately because some of these teams like Nebraska need to get back on and Wisconsin but usually a solid football conference, most would agree. It's give or take each year. Right. The constants being Ohio State's going to be a quality program. And then there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good, not great teams. But they certainly don't have the caliber of the SEC to have like an Auburn go to a title game. And then Florida, Bama, LSU. I feel like I'm missing somebody else. Georgia. Um, <clears throat> but clearly SEC is looked up to. And right now the, the Big 12 and the ACC are looking up to the SEC for help. They're like, help us. We need you to just say – Sankey just needs to get up there and say, we're playing football. Peace. Walk off the stage and then Debo will basically force Clemson's – they'll force the ACCAD in line in the Big 12. I am the Aces. <laughs> I am the Tiger King. And they, these, these conferences want to play football. Uh, you know, when Tommy Bench was deployed to Iraq on his initial deployment after graduating from United States Military Academy – United States Military Academy, the oh, Naval Academy, UMA. <laughs> UMA, that's a new one. Uh, where'd you go? The Military Academy, which one? You know, the Military Academy. Uh, he got Lachi, de- <laughs> ninth grade. <laughs> he, got, he got deployed to Iraq uh, as a Marine, and when he came back, he was only home for about I don't know, not not ninety days. The tsunami came. Remember that? Wiped out all these other countries and. And some terrible, particularly the third world countries, are absolutely smoked. And he had to go, his pregnant wife, my cousin, pregnant with their first kid. Go ahead, get in there, get some of that. Get, Try not to make any noise. That, they're our sponsor. Ghost Pepper Beef Jerky, brought to you by Bucky's. Delicious. How much was that, by the way? If you hear my sniffing, I am either eating beef jerky, yeah, ghost pepper beef jerky. It's,
3: it's clearing you I had the
0: corona or I'm doing blow. COVID. Uh, COVID. And he has to go to a third world country, Haiti, while his wife is pregnant when he just got back from a deployment. Because this is what the world does to America. First of all, we're the most philanthropic – what's the word for – not philanthrop – full-on rapist. Full-on rapist. <laughs> full-on rapist. America is America's philanthropy. You can Google this. It's the, the number two – the last five years, Germany's been number two. You know who's been number three, surprisingly, is New Zealand. Uh, apparently, the Kiwis give a lot of money. No country gives more money to other You're countries. Welcome. Yeah, than America. No no, no! country does more for other countries in time of need than America. And they all come out with their hands open. We had to go to Haiti. We were over there and all these other countries helping out. And right now, that's just happening in the SEC. Now, do you think the SEC – they have the power right now to do something right? And I know we've talked about this last episode. But what the Big Ten has done, this is now getting out of control. This is beyond Trump or Biden. This is beyond white or black. It's beyond Republican or Democrat. And I'll say it again. I've said it the last two weeks. This is now clearly about what is right and what is wrong. There is no way around that. There is no, well, there's a little gray, there's no gray area. There is no, you're on this side or you're on that side. And right now the Big Ten is doing everything that is wrong. Right? They're just in here, they're punting, they, 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 they announce their schedule and then three days later they go, we're not playing. It's like, wait, what? Oh, we announced an emergency meeting. It's like, who's calling the shots here? So, might
3: I jump in? Absolutely. So, this reminds me a lot of you know, recently since the COVID, less sports to gamble on. I kinda oh. got into the day trading world. Nice. So within that, you know, you'll see people that they'll they'll buy a bunch of stuff. Like, oh yeah, this is and then the second that they lose a dime, it's sell, 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 sell. sell, 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 sell. Get out. And they just don't have the stomach to sit through a, a couple of minutes of or an hour or two hours of just maybe taking a little lick and like they just they they have a weak stomach and they say uh well we might get some bad press. Darren Ravel said that we can't have football, we gotta cancel. <laughs> Darren Ravel. So
0: Cuck. stand up. Be a man. Play football. I I mean it, it, it takes like I said, the burden of taking a stand. It takes courage to do that. Uh you know, this is kind of a, a stupid story, but I'm I'm gonna tell it. I've debated whether I was gonna do it or not, but it plays I like to only tell the stories of physical altercations when I get my ass whipped. <sighs> this one's kinda similar, but it, it 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 it's 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 impactful for me. So We played basketball when I was in college. We played basketball at the same gym on James Island, um, same rec center for the four and a half years I was there. And we would see the same people over the course of the years. It was the same group of like 50 people, interchangeable. You know what I'm saying. There was this one dude, man, who was like, he was a brother. He was super dark skinned. He had long dreads. And he was about 5'9", maybe like 5'10", 5'9". About 220 pounds. Probably never worked out in his life. Had a little gut, but just barrel chested. Looked like a dude that would just throw your head through a wall. And he was one of those dudes where it was game point and you went to the rack, he would tackle you. You know this guy where the game never ends? Or when it's game point, when he has the ball, if you blow on him, ball, respect the call. If I hear that one more time, ball, respect the call. He would like – and he would always get it. So for four years, we just had to deal with this idiot. He was a bully, basically just taking over the the courts, doing what he wants and just um, basically just – I don't know. The whole like – Give me the ball type thing and all this and the games would never end and you know how you know how pickup games are especially when there's like 50 people waiting to play and I'm not a guy that's gonna get picked up I, I I'm not gonna wait around two more hours by the time I have next you know the, the you know the marker board you put next on it's like running out of people are writing on the wall because there's no room so you know game point gets pretty pretty tight because you want to play. Well, this dude, I'm guarding him, and this dude, he shoots a three, and he misses the three, and he calls ball. I didn't, I mean, like, I didn't even touch the guy, I wasn't anywhere near the guy, uh, and I was like, no, no, you're not. And everybody started arguing, like, we're not giving you the ball, man. No, we're not doing it. And he started getting pretty, pretty chirpy. He got in my face, and I was like, man, get the f-. I was like, get out of my face, dude. It's my, you're not getting the ball. It's our ball. You missed. What are you talking about? And then he's like, give me the ball or else we got no altercation. And pop, I just put one right in his mouth. Left hand. It wasn't a hook. It was kind of like a jab. I cut him. The bottom of his lip got cut. He got a little blood. And he charged me. He, I stunned him. And then he charged me. He tackled me. And he started hitting me in the back of the head. And then he did like that MMA punch where, you know in the MMA, like I'm starting to watch with you, where they get on top of you and they just hammer they, fist. They, yeah. He got me on the eye because he was on top of me. And he swelled my eye pretty good. Uh, he probably won the fight, I guess. Then the guy came out. And the guy, You know, the guy, the whatever, the manager of the gym. Broke it up. Kicked us both out. He was swearing. His boys are pulling him away. He's going to kill me and all this. Got suspended for a week. We go back the next week. And my buddy I'm with, who were two yoke dudes I used to play with. So I was in good hands. But uh he goes back in the gym and everyone's like, oh shit. And he didn't, nothing happened. He didn't say anything. We never shook hands. He wasn't like, respect, dog. No. Nothing. Never said a word to me. Never did anything. But the thing is that i 'm pretty sure that this dude was like, "All right, you know I think that woke him up because if i 'm going to punch you in the mouth, what about these other dudes that'll they could do the same thing that are way bigger So <clears throat> the point is that it was at like a big what a what a courageous moment for Danny belts. It kind of was because I was like, this dude could I was just sick of it at some point. you have to take a stand, four years of giving this dude the basketball for these phantom calls. I was over it, and I guess nobody else was going to do anything, so I popped him in the mouth and cut him, and then he basically pummeled me but this is, this is kind of what I'm looking at now in college football. Like, that, that, that guy reminds me of kind of the Big Ten. They're trying to be the big bully. Ball, dog, who's broke the call? And the Big Ten is just being disgraceful in what they're doing. And the thing is, the SEC, as I said, not to get too redundant, they do have a chance to do something great right now. And they have a chance to do what's right. And before everyone goes on this rant about, like, Dan Ravel, who's just into action, Clay Travis calls it fear porn, and he's exactly right. It's exactly what it is. Let's get everybody all scared. Before, one of the guys said, well, one of the players could die when you're making them play. False. The SEC has already said, and the other conferences will follow, that if a student-athlete does not want to play, they will not lose their scholarship, and they will not be docked a year of eligibility. That is as fair as it gets. So if you, if you fear for your health, you don't have to play, and you can still be on scholarship, what's wrong with this? I mean, I guess I'm just trying to find out what is the big deal. And then, as we spoke of last week, the hypocrisy, they're talking about having school in the Big Ten in a few months. But you can't play football in the fall, but you can have hundreds of, not hundreds, tens of thousands of kids congregate on campus. What are you going to social, how many people go to Ohio State undergrad? Probably what, 50,000? That's a lot. Not that, I don't know. How many go to LSU? Tens of thousands? Yeah. It's time to start
3: furloughing these academics Yes. Can we get into the next segment? Um,
0: I was going to... Yeah, go, go ahead. White Bitch of the Week. Yeah, I think it's time.
2: White Bitch. Give me some away from me. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, White Bitch of the Week. Go ahead. This guy's chewing on ice. Sometimes. I've been eating ghost pepper. over so here <laughs> making jerk. more noise in a circus. <laughs> go
3: ahead. Jeez, go ahead. It's got like a drum set. White Bitch of the Week goes to the Big Ten Conference.
0: It can't go to the commissioner because he's All's black. Alls of yous.
3: Alls <laughs> oh. of yous. It's a group of Karens, I believe, is the word. Sorry, that's more offensive than the N-word. Ooh, he how
2: dare you.
3: So, sorry. My this, nose is running from the this, ghost,
0: ghost pepper. It's ghost pepper chili, man. Pretty good stuff. Whenever so, you're ready. So
3: basically, we have thrown out uh, football. We have let the academics, academia, presidents make these decisions. So, ladies and gentlemen, these people never have to face any consequences. These are the same people that have run up the student loan debts on you because they realize that the government will give you whatever, so we may as well take everything. So these are the people that are in charge. Thieves. That is what they are. So <laughs> if we're going to get cut the revenue from college football, it is time for these white bitch motherfuckers... Oh, no efforts. Oh, dude. To take a pay cut. It is time for furloughs to start happening in these schools. And I'm not talking about your uh, business professor and stuff like that. I am talking about heads, these heads of academia. You know, if the businesses around Columbus, Ohio, are going to shut down because they're not getting access from the, the revenue from football games anymore. That I'm sorry, but the president of the school shouldn't get revenue anymore either. No,
1: you And
3: if we're gonna do this across the country, if we're gonna do this in the Pac-12, so Pac-12 runner-up for white bitch of the week should also get that because if we're just gonna sit in our rooms and be scared while the NFL is gonna play, oh, but they could bubble. Anybody can bubble. You can find a way to bubble. I mean, it, we're gonna get a. We're gonna be okay, gang. We're going to be okay. We have the resources to constantly test. I understand the MAC where they don't have the resources to test. The Big Ten and Pac-12 do. But you don't have the guts to step up and set these games up and play. And that is why the Big Ten is the white bitch of the
0: week. I agree. I, think, I don't know if i said it. I know I'll say it later. Debo did say no Big Ten or Pac-12. Them, them not playing. Does not devalue the title. He's right because he knows the, Absolutely. it's going to be Clemson versus the winner of the SEC anyway. It's going to be like that for the next five years, ten years. But it's funny you bring up – not funny, but I'm glad you brought up the Pac-12. You know what the Big Ten did? I'll give him this. At least they took their stand and said, we're out. The Pac-12 was such a bunch of cucks. They were just waiting for someone else to do it so they could cling on like a barnacle yeah. and go, oh, us too, us too. Because they, they, they don't have the – the the testicular A 40, No, they don't have any of that. And by the way, I know Bill, Bill Walton calls them the Conference of Champions because they win. I know that's your boy, because they have all these titles in like fox hunting and fencing and stuff like that. But right now, that is the Conference of Cucks, and they're they're even worse than the Big Ten. But we can't call them the White Bitch of the Week because it's too easy, and well, they'll probably cancel us. But yeah, the Big Ten, absolutely out of control. And guess what? There are some 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 murmurs in there. There are some schools that aren't too happy. One, Scott Frost at Nebraska. He's openly pissed, saying, we'll leave. We'll take our, pro- take our program elsewhere. Ohio State, they're not happy. They want to play. Iowa, they want to play. You know what Clemson wants to play? You know what you do? These conferences that don't want to play, and the SEC, the last bastion of hope in this country for college football, one of the greatest sports ever played, is that they should just come join the, the SEC. Let's have a party. Let's have a dogfight. Here, we'll take, the East can take Clemson. We'll take Ohio State. We'll take Nebraska. You guys can have Iowa, and we'll just have a round robin. We'll have a real chance, and whoever wins that, no, no asterisks. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Let's do it. If you want to play, look, it happens. It happened before. People jump conferences all the time now, and the thing is, is this is something that needs to happen. Uh, if you really want to play the conference, and you know what, everyone's one of my one of my, my cousin, or not my, one of my good friends asked me who was the one calling this, and the thing is, this is not the athletic directors. These no. are the chancellors and presidents of these universities that are all super lib, super left, super woke. It's not the actual coaches, ADs, or players. So if there are those of you out there that are wondering why the ADs have their hands in the air, because they don't make these decisions. It's Even the, even the president of LSU was flashing some cuckoldry. And I'm like, can I just get out of your own way? New? Don't be Major League Baseball. Get out of the way. Everybody wants to see this. If you don't want to play, you don't have to. You can, like you said, there's testing available. Don't tell me you can't do that. You can distance. And as Trevor Lawrence has been saying, Sunshine himself, and he's right because he's running with the data. He's a smart kid. These kids are probably safer in the midst of each other in a locker room and practice facility than they are going home back to their neighborhoods, and that's white and black.
3: Would you agree with him? Absolutely. Nick Saban touched on that, too. He said, we act like if these kids don't play, that they're, they'll never get it. They'll
0: never get it. Yeah. What a <laughs> joke. It is a joke. And you know...
3: Uh, So, what really is gut-wrenching about this entire situation isn't just that we don't get to watch college football. It's not just about the revenue around the league. It's about kids like, think about Joe Burrow. Uh, If Joe Burrow doesn't have this season, the past year, he's probably bagging groceries or getting an exit. Well, that's that's exaggeration. He ain't the number one pick
0: signing a million checks. Same thing
3: happened to Baker Mayfield. Same thing happened to Kyler Murray. Uh, well, Kyler Murray would be playing baseball, but he's not the first pick in the NFL draft. All like the last three first overall picks. Johnny Football. Yeah, none of these guys. It, it was all in one seat. Well, no, that's not necessarily true because Johnny Football won the Heisman his junior year. But oh yeah. With that said, you're ruining careers, kids that are gonna lose their shot at really making it. Um, so it's very frustrating, and I, I wish that these kids can find a way to play somewhere else. They should cool. not stop any transfers. Absolutely not. i transfer so fast, I'd be like, I'm, I'm out of here. Tulane University is taking transfers.
0: Are you serious? I'm sure I'm they will. Sure Willie <laughs> Fritz will take just about anybody if uh, McMillan's out here chunking left. <laughs> Justin McMillan. And you brought up a point about Ohio State, Columbus, the businesses out there. That's a good point. Columbus, still, uh, that's the cap, yeah, the capital of Ohio. But what about like SEC schools, like Starkville, Mississippi, Fayetteville, Arkansas, or um, Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa Alabama. Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, um, the, the, like even Gainesville. These college, all the well, businesses. Well, that city can sink. Yeah, I guess I walked into that one. All the jorts. <laughs> we, Uncle but, Fester, hope you like that one. Oh, uh, shots across the bow! But the thing is that, like these, there's a lot of mom and pop businesses out there that rely on these home games for a lot of different reasons. Not just like Airbnbs, but there's all kind of places that rely on this. For this is like the. It's like. It's like Latoya the Destroyer, the mayor of New Orleans, already threatening to cancel Mardi Gras next year. Do you know what that would do to the economy in New Orleans? You may Good. as well just drive a torpedo right through the heart of it. I Good, you're on furlough. Yeah, yeah, no, for for sure, you are not going getting paychecks. And how's that lean on your house going? Yeah, great, thanks a lot. And it's just disgusting that 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 again. I mean, we've already seen this with our politicians. They're willing to. You know, in Michigan and states up there, they're willing to just basically destroy everything to get their candidate of choice in. We clearly see now – do you know how many people – I talked to one of my buddies today. He's apolitical kind of, but he leans to the left. He, you met him. He's, um, he's, a, he's an Iowa fan. You know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Uh, he called me today. He's like, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm leaning more right every day. I heard that from another one of my friends that writes a big college football article because clearly you can see now what is happening. And now you can see what's happening at full scale when you bring it to sports. It's the, there's no difference between the Big Ten. There is no Let me, understand, let me, help, help, let me help you understand. There is 0.0% difference between what Governor Newsom is doing in California or what Wolf is doing in Pennsylvania or what Brown is doing in Oregon as zero difference as to what the Big Ten is trying to do to college football. It's the same exact thing. Shut it down, strangle, kill it. So our candidate of choice can get in. This is what this is all about and it's disgusting because it's ruining people's lives. And th- th- there's a lot of other these coaches, did they get paid? What about these with these assistant, What about these equipment managers, these assistant to the assistant to the assistant regional manager? These guys will make 50 grand a year. I don't think 50. Probably can, less. I
3: mean, you have kids that are making under $20,000 on some of these staff,
0: not just kids, too. adults. I, I guess I'm just wondering what the end game is cuz for me, I don't see where it stops. And if they're gonna, and I know I keep talking about it, but we'll just stick to the script. It is the unquenchable thirst, drinks the rivers dry, wipes wipes the fields clean, locust type behavior. We're seeing it right now in college football, and the last bastion of hope in this country is Sankey in the SEC. I'm in a text chat with this one guy who we call the Wolf of Lakeview. <laughs> uh, him and I team to seem to get into it a lot recently. We got into a pretty. Pretty heated text thing where I said, don't try to to big boy me or big league me. He was making fun of me because I lost some bets on Twitter. Bad beats, bro. (laughs) You're right. They were terrible. Took the Pelicans over. Bunch of losers. But the thing is that um, even on then, he said he has an inside guy who's basically saying there's not going to be football. And he seems to know some people who could be right. I don't know if he's, I don't think he's lying. I mean, his source could be wrong. I have no idea. We'll find out soon. Do I think that there's going to be college football? To be honest with you, the answer is no. I do not think there is. If you could bet on that, and it was, I'd probably go the other way. That way, if we had football, I'd be happy because we have it, and I lost. But if we didn't, I'd win some money. It's kind of like betting against your team, like betting against the Saints. My friend does it every time he goes to a Saints game. Cause if you know he walks out with a couple hundred, or he loses a hundred, but the Saints won and he's happy. So you get you you can eat it too, kind of. But I just feel that right now this is a full blown. I can't believe that what we've seen in some of these hardcore blue states have now made its way directly into the universities, and these chancellors and presidents are making very 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 bad bad career career choices right now. And I do hope, like all these politicians, I do hope that these presidents have to pay the have to pay the tax man. When the time comes, because it's only fair that their life get ruined as they try to ruin everybody else's. I'm not gonna to go too much deep in on it. Anything you want to close with here? I think we, I think we wrap that up pretty nicely
3: for you, Anadotians. Uh, if we don't have SEC football, we will burn everything.
0: I'll ground. burn everything to the ground. I'll go get. We'll, we'll we run. will burn
3: Utica the, to
0: the ground. The Proud Boys, <laughs> get them over here. Get Gavin McGinnis down here. They can't. Can s- you
3: imagine if the Proud Boys took over Dallas, Texas, the way that? Um, those idiots in Portland. We're gonna go off on a tangent, so I'll stop right there. But
0: no, it's <laughs> true. The SEC is just like America. All right, every the, the the two other conferences are looking up to them like 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 Haiti was. Like, help us. The Big Twelve and the ACC can't do it by themselves. They need help. The SEC, the most powerful football conference the world has ever seen over the last two decades has the ability to do this, and Sankey needs to grow a pair. He needs to, this is the burden of taking a stand. This is the definition of it. It'll take courage. It'll take some sack, but sack up, because this is what leadership is. This is, why are you the commissioner? You're not in there to have the, to get cucked and and, and and cross the aisle and be some rhino of a, of a Republican. You're there to make a tough decision, and right now, goddammit, you have one in front of you. Make the right choice. And here's another thing before we close it out. What possible? I had a long drive today and I was thinking about this. You know how you go to a sales appointment, and you're always like, what can go wrong? I always think, like, I try to reverse engineer. Look, I could say that. Don't say that. But I could not think, objectively thinking, of one thing that could go wrong if the SEC says, we're playing, suck it. Yeah. Can you think of anything? A couple people get sick. A couple, okay. I mean, I guess, but then again, yeah, I guess you're right. But still, they don't, you don't no one's forcing you to play. So, all right. Well, I mean, I I think we did. You're right. We wrapped that up, the you annotations. Know, um, once again, I'll pipe this in. Be sure and follow me at Twitter Danny underscore Belts with a Z. Be sure and follow the podcast Sports Antidote One at Sports Antidote One. Be sure and follow us on Facebook. The Facebook page. Uh, the young McJeezy's done a good job with that. Have you checked it out? We got about eighty ninety great, followers on great there now. Work. Good job there. Instagram. Uh, you can follow us at the Sports Antidote. Um. And you can have some buckers, ghost pepper. Ghost pepper and jerky. jerky. And it's got this dude crying and snotting all over the place. It's pretty. Hey, give me a piece of that. I hope I don't shit myself. Yeah, you probably are. I was eating jalapenos during the break. And my boy, Ned Ryerson, has been doing a great job. Uh, great meme recently. He's done a good job on uh, Instagram promoting mean the podcast. Wife. Yeah. It's uh, really more tangy than hot. <laughs> this is good stuff. I highly recommend this ghost pepper Deep jerky. I just ate a pretty pungent piece. Maybe in each episode we should just eat something really hot. and up ahead, man. There.
2: I was eating jalapenos during the
0: break. All right, well, uh, let's bring on, I think Tommy Bench is uh, buzzing in here. You want to bring on Tommy Bench? Let's do it. Let's bring him on. Tommy Bench joins the Sports Antidote, the reset number nine, the burden of taking a stand. Uh, thanks for jumping in here, pal. I know you got a lot going on. How was your vacation real quick?
4: it it was good it was fantastic it was outstanding uh it, it was great played the worst game of golf round of golf excuse me game anyway round of golf in my life uh but it was still good got to hang out with the family kids beach pool liberal brother and sister in law you know so we we went a few rounds about a few things but but it was good overall
0: that's good i'm i'm sure you were a minus 250 in that argument you're probably a heavy favorite there um If I had to line that one. But anyway, let's get right Let's get to the rock pile here. So Kamala Harris is the nominee for Joe Plugs Biden. Everybody goes crazy. We already knew this was the nominee for a while ago. I'm pretty sure that we talked about this. Um, No surprise there. Uh, But she's somehow an African-American now. And her mom's from India. Her dad's from Jamaica. I don't really understand how that works. But what is your take? What's your take here? If you had to just take the mic and run with it as far as that selection.
4: So uh, one of the most interesting things that I saw on social media, you know how we've all got those friends on Facebook, people that we haven't talked to or corresponded with in any way, shape or form in 20 years, but we friended them in college because we worked at the same summer camp or something like that. We've all got people like that on our various social media feeds. So I see this one woman or we're the same age, haven't talked to in 20 years. and She pointed out, that the Joe Biden website crashed because so many people were going to buy Kamala 20 you know Biden Kamala 2020 paraphernalia and i thought what a great illustration of what you're going to have with a Biden Harris <laughs> administration I mean, it just doesn't get much better. So, all right. So that's opinion. That's just a little levity. It's the
3: Obamacare website all over again.
4: It is. And this is is a website to sell merchandise, which, you know, it's not like there's 7 trillion of those websites floating around that they could have found somebody who's doing it successfully. (laughs) So, you know, it was really unique what they were trying to do. It's a timed launch of paraphernalia related to something in the news. Okay. So that's opinion, a little levity there. Here's, I, I would say this is analysis bordering on opinion. I don't think picking her added a single vote to the Joe Biden vote tally. If you're the kind of person who's sitting there going, I really want to vote for a woman in, in who's at one of the two top spots on the ticket. If you're the kind of person that's making that decision, are you telling me you were ever open to voting for DJT? Probably not. And that's fine. It's a free country. If you're the kind of person that's sitting there going, I only want to vote for somebody who is a person of color or has a person of color on the ticket. Are you telling me you were really open to voting for D.J.T. or or are you telling me you were going to sit at home and not go vote for plugs Biden? I, I just, I'm struggling to see what they're hoping to add by picking her other than checking some boxes because once you get past the boxes, okay, she's a woman. Okay. She's a person of color. And we will leave it some, somewhat ambiguous and undefined what that is. Because her mother's from India. Her father's from the Caribbean. You know, I actually did one of those DNA things. And I was like 0.6% West African. So, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, <laughs>
3: you're you're 10 times more that than Elizabeth Warren was. Warren was. American. Right, so,
4: right. Congratulations.
3: So, you were the first man of color to talk <laughs> politics on this.
4: On on the sports antidote, yeah, the reset. reset. Proud okay. to be here. Right, look, breaking glass ceilings—that's just what I do. I mean, it's what <laughs> I do. So, i, I str- you know, okay. So let's talk about. Oh, you're going to unite the progressive wing. She never gained any traction with the progressive wing. I mean, it really is like we have collective amnesia in the in the politics commentariat wing of the world. This woman ran for president eight months ago. She dropped she got, out 45 she days. She
0: got smoked by Gabbard too. Uh,
4: right. This this is this would be like if your team won the Super Bowl and you said or you got to the NFC championship and you said, Well, we're gonna go find a team that went seven and eight and get their head coach to, to help us out win the Super Bowl. Let's go find Jeff Fisher at the last minute and bring him <laughs> in. like I, so I you know I don't know. She's not gonna unite the progressive wing and and really. Biden shot himself in the – I'm not saying anything anybody else doesn't hasn't figured out. He shot himself in the foot by saying, well, we got to pick a woman because that eliminated a lot of possible fire up the progressive base. She's not a dyed-in-the-wool progressive, and in fact, I think the argument can be made that she changes her political stripes like a lot of politicians do to fit what's appropriate. I mean she locked up like marijuana violations when she was um, –
3: Yeah, and laughed
4: the, about The DA. Right. And then laughed about smoking wheat. So I don't think the attack is uh, the attack from the Trump campaign is not going to be look at this progressive, this dyed in the wool Democrat who's going to turn your country into a Californian hellscape. The attack is just going to be, well, what they're doing. She's phony. She matches to whatever she needs to be. And then really the only thing that they were trying to accomplish was saying, okay, okay, we'll find somebody 40 years younger than plugs who can take over on day one. And this whole takeover on day one, I, like, I, I, I don't know. What has she done to demonstrate she's ready to handle the president, the the world affairs.
0: Well, she was the first one to run to Jesse Smollett's back and talk about how that was a real thing. Um, That's right. A mountain of gaffes. Uh, she has changed her opinion. I mean, sure. She's fine. She's no Sarah Palin. She's okay. But if you think about it, I mean, the flip flopping doesn't really matter, I think everybody does that. In the words of Al Gore, right. the leopard can't change his stripes that was a good one. Um, <laughs> quote unquote, Al Gore, but um, don't misquote the Bible. Okay, before we run away from this, I I just don't see how somebody
3: from California helps you win any no. Midwestern states, right? Right
4: now, so, now look, as, I, as I was, somebody I'm, who
3: I, does anybody everyone is leaving florida you're a representative at, so we're supposed to take this
0: to the federal level
4: california sorry
0: yeah it, it, we know what he meant yeah no but but sorry yeah. eating ghost pepper he's been eating he, he this ghost pepper beef jerky we're sweating our ass off over here man it's pretty good but uh yeah i i, I guess i'm, I'm trying to. that was a good point you made about you know the jeff disher thing i don't really understand what that does i know that that her name escapes me what's the governor of um, michigan the
4: woman uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Apparently Biden, there are some reports that Biden actually liked her quite a bit more and felt he would have meshed better with her. And I'll be honest, the two people that would have scared me more is VP picks. And since it had to be a woman, Biden committed to that very early on. So that was not going to change. It had to be a woman, Amy Klobuchar or Gretchen Whit- Whitmer would have scared me more from the look. I want to see our boy D J T uh, back there for four more years. So, Because if he would have picked either one of those two Gretchen Whitmer or Amy Klobuchar, you would have handed them a campaign map and say, here's the five states you're going to stay in Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, maybe one of the Dakotas. If you get bored, Indiana, Uh, you're just you're going to stay in that little circle and shore up some of our blue base that that is getting a little weak on us to make sure we're good and hold that blue wall in the Midwest. You you can't you can't dispatch Kamala Harris to Minnesota and say, go connect with the folks. What that cackling <laughs> laugh? They found the one woman in politics who has a worse cackling laugh than Hillary Clinton. And that, <laughs> that really I mean that's tough he to be. She does beat.
0: laugh like she laughs like a witch. It's it's,
4: it's it's creepy. That's creepy. I mean, I'm sure Willie Brown's got an opinion. Oh, oh, can't go there. Can't go there. <laughs> Zing. Zing. Uh, no,
0: so no. It's, shots fired. These are all great. Parties. Yeah, we, yeah, shots have been fired. We already knew that. I, I love the fake reaction. Like when Sarah Palin was announced with John McCain, that was a shock because no one knew who the hell Sarah Palin about Sarah Palin the next two weeks than I did President Obama the previous six years because the media descended upon Alaska like vultures on a carcass. Um, but I guess I'm just not understanding the pick. We all knew that was going to be the pick. No one's surprised. She was the odds on favorite. So I just don't. It's a bunch of fake and Susan Rice.
4: It's a bunch of Wait, Yeah, really? which that I mean that would have yeah, been you're right. catastrophic. That uh, that bad. would have that been, been although I, I don't
0: understand why everybody thought Gabbard wouldn't be a good choice. I don't understand, but she's I, not even in. Yeah. Yeah, she wasn't even she wasn't even in consideration, but I, I, I understand. But or in Congress anymore. I think um, well, just to move on there, I think that you know, obviously what Biden did took no courage. That was pretty cowardly. Speaking of That, you know, the title, like I said, is the burden of of taking a stand. It's very difficult to do that. Uh, If you wonder what that noise is, the drunk neighbor is about to start sweating it out again. He's reaching in for some more of this ghost pepper, pepper beef beef jerky. Compliments of Bucky's, by the way. Bucky's one of the great... I wish we could do an advertisement for Bucky's. It hurts so good. Bucky's is great.
4: (laughs) Great. 164 gas pumps, even at the small location. So...
0: Yeah. So... Go ahead. Talking about courage, what are you going to say? But,
4: no, no, I, I think I was going to jump ahead. Why don't why do don't you keep us, keep us rolling here?
0: No, no, we're done. I mean, I, I understand no, uh, what I'm saying. Is it's I not like, not. it's not like Biden made some courageous decision. We knew that was going to happen, and this show is, is, is predicated on this one. It's basically, like I said, the burden taking a stand is basically having courage, which is what real leadership is, in my opinion, which we don't see much of anymore. It's making the tough choices, doing things that. That will have repercussions both ways, but you're making your choice, you're making your decision, and you'll live with the negative that comes from making a decision, which is, nearly comes from any big decision. Um, so right. I know you had you had something you wanted to add on that too, correct?
4: So first off, I was going to ask, are you sure that noise isn't the drunk neighbor digging into that case of white claw that you guys were talking about earlier?
3: <laughs> I don't <laughs> drink that. I drink <laughs> white cans. No, a lot.
4: <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. So. Uh, for those of our faithful listeners, the faithful Anadotians out there, you might remember a few weeks prior to the reset, we talked about that Navy captain who got relieved, and and everybody talked about how courageous he was, and how courageous it was to take a stand, and not. No, it wasn't. It's not courageous to go out there and quit. You know, for fans of the show Yellowstone, the opening episode of season three, John Detton said, "Doesn't take long to quit something." He's right. It doesn't take long to quit something. So it doesn't take courage to not stand up. It doesn't take courage to not do something. It takes courage to do something and go against the grain. It takes courage to have an unpopular opinion or run with it. And so all these college conferences, and, and we might be breaking news here, maybe not by Thursday morning, but did I just see that the big East has postponed all fall sports? They did. Okay. So now, now of course not having big East football, I'm reminded okay. of what Norman Schwarzkopf said that going to war without France is like going hunting without an accordion. So I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> out. I mean, good. am I wrong here? It's a great one. Am I? I mean,
4: no, I mean, I'm not going to get a flag thrown though. at the three point line.
0: No, even Debo the coach of Clemson had one. He goes not having the Big 10 or the Pac-12 doesn't um doesn't devalue the title. So he took a shot right. across the bow. He's like Fine. you guys suck. Nobody cares.
4: Man, so, sometimes you just got to I I I admire that. I admire that. And and so so you've got these conferences who aren't showing courage. They're not saying, "You know what? We see that there's a risk out here, but we've talked to doctors and smart people and we see that this is not a high risk." for the young people in this population group, mostly student athletes. Not only that, we actually think there's a risk that when these kids don't have the kind of support structure that they have when they are here with us under our supervision and guidance, they might get in more trouble. They might end up in a worse place. So you've got some conferences that at least right now are showing courage, but you've got some that are just folding. And it's like they're racing to fold and then say, it takes courage. Look, it doesn't take courage to punt. On fourth down, it doesn't take courage to go with the crowd and post some socially popular thing on Facebook and Instagram. All right. It wouldn't have taken courage to get a little dramatic here for those rabble rousing farmers and colonialists in the 1770s to continue to live under the yoke of that bastard King George and his oppressive tax regime. <laughs> All right. It would not have taken courage for General Eisenhower. On June 5th to say, well, let's just hold off. Let's just hold off. And and dare I get a little preachy here. It would not have taken courage for Christ to forego the cross. He could have just, ah. ah don't feel like it. Don't want to do that. But we all know what takes courage is going for it on fourth and three with the game on the line. It takes courage to stand up and say, I'm not going to sign on to this late, latest social fad. It took courage for a bunch of rabble rousing farmers to stand up to the greatest military in the history of the world at that time and say, we're done. You can pound sand with your taxes. It took courage for Eisenhower on the wee hours of June 6, 1944 to say, get those boys on the boats and take that damn beach. And it took courage for Christ to go to the cross. There's our little, our little preach about the difference between does and doesn't take courage. And I think these comments that are standing up and saying, look, we want to play. We're going to be smart. We're going to mitigate risks. That's leadership. We're going to do a tough thing. We are going to experience some risk, but we will find a way to do what's best for our organization, our kids, our team, and frankly, give the people what they want. I mean, the Trumpster came out with a great one on Instagram. It was a we will play, and it was a lot of shots of like Alabama visiting the White House, a lot of great shots of the greatest ball rivalry of all time also known as the army navy rivalry a lot of great shots of him seeing those teams and then it just ended with a black screen that says we want to play sounds like a winning issue to me in a country that has more people that watch the super bowl than vote in presidential elections i think it sounds like a win
0: yeah no it's true um I did like that. I thought that was a pretty good video, by the way. But especially coming off, that
3: was the trending uh, hashtag on Twitter from college football right. players posting that. Guys that have, you know, even guys like Jamar Chase and Trevor Lawrence, guys, the first round picks, they they really have nothing but to lose by playing. Want to play? They understand guys like Joe Burrow, and we'll get into that on another segment yeah but,
0: no it's a good good point and you bring up something interesting twitter is a joke do you know that that is still not trending they keep untrending we want to play how is that not trending when everyone and their mother it just shows what twitter does it is insane how ridiculous oh wait didn't you say that they misspelled Camella's name wait say this you, yeah so this is yeah. good you, listen to this
3: Hashtag Kampala Harris yeah. was trending on Twitter yesterday whenever she was announced to be the running mate to Joe Biden, because <laughs> apparently that is what autocorrect immediately went to. And the liberals were just so excited to, that there was going to be another woman of color as part of the race. So they just, they couldn't type it fast enough and the autocorrect took it over.
0: Hashtag Kampala. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, um, uh- Tommy Bench, you should know that, uh, unbeknownst to you, um, Coach O in his intro, which was pretty long but really good, also referenced Eisenhower as well. Uh, I, I won't, I won't. You'll have to hear that in the beginning when you listen to the show.
4: Great so, minds.
0: Uh, anything, it, yeah, great minds, baby. Coach O, he's working hard, baby. Go Tigers. Uh, that's right, go Tigers, and I'm Coach O, bitch. I love when he does that. It's my favorite part. <laughs> Uh, so, um, anything you want to close it brother We're running in about 20 minutes
4: here? No, I think we're good again. I just, I hope those, uh, conferences stick to their guns and we see some, some good college football. I think in the next couple of weeks, we might have to do another COVID check-in and update, you know, some interesting trends are emerging in different places, but, uh, we'll, we'll save that for, save that for a couple of weeks from now.
0: Yeah. I'm going to change the name to the gloom and doom podcast too. We're just going to, we're going to reset it again and we're just going to get real dark, but yeah, let's have a COVID update. Uh, that's probably a great, uh, probably a great look there. And I, hey, look, man, look, we look forward to having you on the show next week. And anything you want to close with, though, you're good.
4: No, let's let's play. Let them play. Let them play.
0: Let them play. I agree. You're not
3: going to say, "Go Navy, beat Army." Yeah, I'll course. throw that
4: out there. I mean, that's just, that doesn't have to be said. Go Navy, beat Army. Those boys will play. They'll play. Oh, they're going to play. Uh, can't
0: deploy. All right, bro. Thanks for jumping on, Tommy Bench. We'll uh, catch up with you next week, Chief. All right, out here always good to have bench on (laughs) he's chowing away at the ice ghost pepper beef jerky has me sweating a pretty good one tommy branch brings up some good points some good historical points i do think it's funny that he and coach o unbeknownst to each other both went to eisenhower and that took nuts that was one of the biggest decisions in the history of our country and guess what it was the right one drop the bomb speaking of dropping bombs segue a little segue here um, we're going to be dropping some bomb best this weekend on some MMA 252, bro. you excited for that? Heavyweight fight. Headboardy, headboardy. Uh, let's bring on Dickie Salvo. We'll conclude the show there. Uh, and we will definitely look forward to having you guys on next week. But be sure and catch the MMA episode, uh, Good Old Fashioned Gambling. We're going to be taking stuff straight, parlaying, who knows. I don't even know how to bet this stuff. I just do what you guys do. Hey, before we start... Do you do you bet a lot of those over unders? Do you just stick to like the over unders in the rounds, or you just stick to the money lines? Because I find that the over unders are interesting.
3: Dicky likes to do that more than I do. Uh, on the last podcast that we did on the UFC, I had a uh, fight will end in knockout or TK or will be finished before um, the five rounds. Didn't work out for me. We watched that together. Yeah. Uh, Whitaker did not and could not knock out Till or the other way around. So we lost a few bucks.
0: That's how it happens. All right. Let's bring on the man, Dicky Salvo, and talk about some MMA. Let's go. Dicky Salvo joins the Sports Antelope Reset number nine, the burden of taking a stand, although this one doesn't have anything to do with that. This is straight up MMA 252, crazy card. The drunk neighbor here, this is his thing with Dicky Salvo, who we're going to bring in more for more gambling things as we go on. Uh, but anyway, with that being said, why don't you guys get into this crazy card, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say, what, what we're going to bet.
3: Yes, sir. So UFC 252, uh, it feels like every summer we get the heavyweight bout, uh, another title fight. So uh, this year, again, once again, number three, the, fu- the finale of the trilogy, hopefully, uh, Cormier versus Stipe. Dickie, what are you thinking about this headline?
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited we get the, uh, the trilogy. I know they, they probably, you know, envisioned fighting each other, and, and now, you know, Dana's made it come to fruition. It's funny because we see so many fights get canceled, so many guys not agree to terms, and, uh, you know, I think these both these guys understand what this means for their careers. Uh, it's obviously a huge legacy fight. I know that gets thrown around a lot, but for two guys who are probably, I mean, one of them, I would expect this to be Cormier's last fight, um, unless, you know, he, he decides he wins and, and, you know, he, you know, the thing is Nagano out there, right? I mean, do, do I think Cormier wants to fight Nagano? Probably not. I, I would think that's Hell the next no. step for, for Stipe. Um, you know, I would think that's a fight he, you know, he takes after this. Um, so, you know, it's not the end of the road for, for Stipe, but yeah, I mean, for me, Cormier, this is probably his last dance. And so it's a huge spot, huge opportunity for both guys to kind of cement. A status within the division. Um, you mentioned, the, you know, it taking place almost every summer. They the the first time um, the first time they fought was in July of 2018, and then they fought in August of 2019. And and one of the big angles I do have on this fight is when Stipe fought him the first time. He was coming off uh, a really really rugged fight uh, against Nagano. He had fought Nagano back in, in early 2018 uh he had fought dos santos midway through 2017 so an all o- over before that so he was on a run of of, of you know intense fights and then he kind of went in there with cormier you know he got beat up early uh he couldn't recover and and that was that he had more time to prepare for the second fight he has a similar amount of time if not a little bit more time to prepare for this fight and i i i get it cormier has such unique talent but to me I don't see a lot of angles for where this is different than the, from the second fight. I think as long as, as Stipe can defend himself adequately early on, he finds ways to get to the body again, and I like him as a slight underdog. That That's kind of how I, I see this, and I'm interested to hear your say.
3: Yeah, so, you know, uh, a lot of people are talking about like if whoever wins this fight becomes the GOAT. I, I think there's a guy, Fedor, that may have a little something to say about that, uh, but, you know, that's Neither here nor there. So, uh, Cormier is a guy that I, I've constantly been frustrated with throughout his career because he's such a talented fighter, but it seems like he never shows up in shape. Uh, you know, he's going to show up this one. There's, there's a lot of talk about him really ballooning up. And I guess you can do that whenever you're only fighting once per year. Uh, with that being said, though, I actually like Cormier in this fight because, one, uh, the last two bouts – Honestly, even in the second fight that he lost, it felt like he was winning rounds against Stipe. Absolutely. Uh, I think I, I think that ability to take him down and he even said, uh, I forget if that was on Twitter or if he just said it on the uh, on air, that he was, you know, hey, Stipe, bring your wrestling boots. And that, that's one of those things that we always forget about Cormier is what an incredible wrestler he is, Oklahoma State guy, uh, Team USA, All-American. So, uh, I, I think that this is the end of the road for Cormier, but I, I tend to disagree with you there because I, I, I think he's actually going to pull this one out and then he is going to retire so that he never has to hear the name John Jones again and he doesn't even have to think about Francis and
1: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't think he wants to fight again and I think for that reason he's probably gonna be very motivated coming into this spot. I mean you said it, you know, with the wrestling. I mean he is considered you know, one of the best wrestlers and the, the, the ability to get leverage. I mean, we see it almost every card, right? There's a guy who's, you know, who should win or can win, but he doesn't get those takedown points. He doesn't control enough of the fight. And, you know, some of it comes down to the officiating, but at the end of the day, you're, you're trying to identify value. Um, the fact that this is a close to a pick, you know, makes sense to me. Uh, and I can respect anybody who, who, you know, wants to back me. I mean, that's what you get in a fight between, you know, two legends um, you're gonna have you know interesting uh interesting takes on both sides, obviously.
3: yeah, for sure and uh, one of the wild cards, I think for Cormier in this fight is he has been training with mark Henry, uh, one of the better striking coaches in UFC uh, so I, I I like Cormier there, so uh, we disagree for once, so that's good. Um, let's stay within the heavyweight division though uh we got Junior dos Santos versus Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck who I think still has CTE from whenever he took on Francis Ngannou, Danny belts. We watched that fight together. Yeah, that lasted all of about what was that 20 seconds. Uh, so do you have a take on this fight?
1: Yeah, I mean this fight, you know, you you kind of has nail on the head for me. I mean, uh, Rosenstruck's only a few months removed from from, you know, of potentially mentally crippling type of loss. I mean, it doesn't mean he can't bounce back, um, but sometimes it takes guys a little bit of time to get back in there and successfully move around the octagon and and regain that level of comfort um, when you get beat down like that. At the same time, um, you know, Dos Santos, the last two times he's been in the ring, he's lost. He, uh, He was knocked out by Blades in January of this year and then in June of last year. He also uh, lost to Nagano. To me, um, the reason I like Dos Santos is I don't think those losses were necessarily as crippling as what happened to Rosenstruck. And and look, the the other thing I got to say about Rosenstruck is his defense is a little bit suspect. I mean, going back to that Overeem fight in December, he was getting yeah. out. He was getting outscored. He was getting outpointed. He wasn't doing a lot to stop um, the opponent from scoring. And he got lucky at the end and and that's the thing he has big hands so if he if he gets to dos santos then then it's a different story the the thing that i think dos santos can do is almost similar to what cormier does he can kind of get in there grapple with you not it's not necessarily dirty boxing like with nate diaz but you're trying to land elbows you're trying to work the cage and i think just being more seasoned and more experienced like look i usually don't back uh, a guy who is older, but at 36 in Brazilian, I mean, Dos Santos is still in incredible shape. The cardio is not a question mark. Um, to me, he's an overall better fighter. And even if there's, you know, I think there, right now the, the public's probably giving him a little bit of an edge in terms of support. Um, so that that's a little bit concerning. But at the end of the day, I, I like taking a guy I think is more seasoned, um, still at a good place in his career, probably looking to kind of make a comeback right now. And, and throw his name around in the heavyweight division. If he wins this fight on this card, opportunity for Dos Santos, uh, you know, to maybe, maybe fight Stipe or maybe fight Nagano or, or or get his name thrown in there again for another big payday.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. You know, that that's a guy who is a wily bet. It's almost like when we're ever we were looking at Aldo uh, on the last card or on 251. It, it's a guy that. You know, it, it didn't work out for him, but I think in this fight it, it's a better matchup than it was for against uh, Alexander. Uh, excuse me, but um, he he has a good matchup here. And you know, one of the things that we forget about Rosestrik in that last fight, not just like the mental uh, power of just a guy bum rushing you and knocking you out in 20 seconds, man, he took some extra hits after he was already out. I don't know if that brain is ready to take more shots. Uh, And if he's taking some hits early in this fight, I don't see him sticking around. And not because he's mentally weak or anything. I I think he's generally getting his his brain bashed in.
1: Yeah, and I mean, honestly, it's one thing that he got his brain bashed in, you know, because it happens to fighters, you know, that they're used to it. But uh, that fight was three months ago, you know, barely over three months ago. That's not a lot of time to recover. No, it was the only loss of his career, first loss of his career. But when you start to dig into his career, I mean, you know, he hasn't really fought anyone all that impressive other than –
3: That's exactly murderous rough.
1: No, I mean, Junior Albini, Orlovsky, you know, who was around 40 years old at the time of that fight, Overeem obviously, but Overeem's basically washed right now. I mean, when we talk about, you know, your best career wins Overeem and you really, you know, got lucky in that win, um, you know – that that's the biggest concern for me, and and I think I think Dos Santos is just he's too good of an all around fighter to uh, I think to lose this fight. Agreed, agreed.
3: So I am going to uh, parlay that pick, and I, I think you know where I'm going here uh, into the co-main event. My boy, I've, I've brought him up on this podcast multiple times. I just can't get enough of him, Sugar Sean O'Malley taking on marlon vera uh this is clearly his toughest I, I would say probably his toughest match so far but i just don't think there's anything stopping this kid he is a huge favorite once again he's a hard kid to bet just because of his his talent he's knocking everyone out in the first round but I, I think that's where guys like this it works out great to parlay them with someone like dos santos um what's your take on this fight? Because I think you kinda like Marlon Vera a little bit.
1: Well, I don't necessarily like Marlon Vera from from a betting perspective, but um but you know the one thing I'll say about Vera in this fight is and I, I wouldn't bet him in this fight, but um he is a little bit of a longer guy with more range. Uh he's he's historically fought at like one forty five and and O'Malley is a huge guy, you know, for for the division he's in. I mean he fights in bantamweight in it almost doesn't even look like it makes any sense so with Vera at least you have someone who can who can not necessarily match his size but he's not as overwhelmed as other guys um in terms of reach and Vera's very quick I mean he's, he's been in the ring with guys like Lineker, Andrade um you know he, he's coming off of a loss which he didn't look all that good in um but I do think you know if I had an angle on this fight I mean O'Malley is the kind of guy who people might support you know all right He's going to finish somebody. Um, you know the fight's going to go under. Um, you know the one thing I will say about this fight is I like the over uh, the rounds is two and a half, and the over's minus one thirty five. This is scheduled for five because it's a co-main event, I believe. Um, yes. And and so I would lean toward the over a little bit. I don't necessarily want to pay that kind of juice um, at, at one thirty five, but but to me. I'd be interested to see where that closes because I do think Vera will be reasonably competitive in this fight. I don't, I just don't see a path for him winning.
3: Yeah. And I think, I, I think that's fair. Um, I do like O'Malley in this one until they throw somebody that can actually take him down and possibly submit him somebody with that, with a little bit more Brown and pound game. I think as long as he is getting these strikers, at this Bantam weight, he is going to keep running through them. Um, uh, I, I think the UFC is setting him up nicely too. They're tossing him guys like this that match up. Well, um, uh, they're, they're clearly grooming this kid to be a top contender, possible champion eventually. So, uh, he's taking these fights and he's taking a lot of fights in a year. Now, of course he's knocking people out in the first round. So it's not like he's taking any damage. So, um, I'm very excited about that fight and I'm, I'm going to, uh, Tie that one onto Dos Santos as a, a nice little parlay, uh, so I can get a little bit more value out of it. I'm still, I'm really liking Cormier too as well. I haven't decided if that's going to be in a, like a pick that I really want to put in, especially in a smaller cage. I really like Cormier there, um, but yeah. So, any other takes on this card, or should we bring back Danny belts?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I. I... I don't think I have much else, you know, on it. Um, you know, like you said, with O'Malley, they are kind of feeding him people and trying to groom him. I'd be interested to see where he ends up uh, with his next opponent. When you look at that division, I think there's a thought process that Sterling will, will probably face Petter Jan. Um, he has to. Yeah. He
3: absolutely has to. That would be an atrocity if Sterling does not get that title fight.
1: And, and I also, I really like uh, – there's a fight, I think it's scheduled for November, but it's Figueredo versus Garbrandt. And and to me, you know, I would think that the winner of that fight, um, you know, probably gets the next crack at a title shot. But after that point, you have to think that O'Malley would be next in line to take one of those guys on or, or be in that, you know, top four or five uh, with the way things are trending but overall the card you know I think it's unfortunate that some guys dropped out that there were some injuries there was some COVID related things we're kind of used to it by now um, you know that Dana does you know as good of a job as he can to replace guys um, that Dodson fight is, is is interesting I just don't know a ton about it but hopefully it'll be a pretty good card and I think the main the main card will be really solid so uh, I'm definitely excited to watch this when we kind of you know see especially with the bantamweights, like you said, where this kind of trend's moving forward based on what happened Saturday.
3: No doubt about it. Well, we'll be tuning in and we'll report back next week. Uh, We got uh, UFC 253 coming up after that. It's always fun to get Izzy on there. So we'll, we'll be going over that one shortly after, but uh, UFC 252, we get the heavyweight champion. Um, So, very excited excited about where that ufc division is going to go after this fight Uh so hey thanks for joining us nicky and uh we'll we'll talk to you next week to review these picks
1: for sure thank you guys for having me i uh, i look forward to continuing hopefully the uh there's more sports for us to talk about but um you know e- either way we're uh we have fighting we have mma and, and we'll look forward to the upcoming cards i appreciate your guys' time and uh can't wait to check out the next uh, next episode of the Sports Antidote. Talk to you guys soon.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for jumping on, buddy. We'll talk to you.
1: No doubt, boys. You have a good one.
0: Good rip there. Salvo and yourself talking about some MMA. Um, you feeling good about this one? This feeling card? good.
3: Really excited to watch it. You know, it's the only sport that's really done a terrific job of continuing um, action throughout. Uh, they're they're the first ones back, and you know they're they're keeping up the crowd. So I'm I'm liking, excuse me, not necessarily crowds, but the uh, pay per view. So i I bought them all. I'm gonna continue to
0: buy them. Good, yeah. I'll pitch in with you on the next one. Uh, actually, uh, I think I I can't come over this Saturday, but I'll definitely be uh, coming over for the next one. Thanks for jumping on to the Sports and Load episode number nine of the Reset: The Burden of Taking a Stand. Once again, be sure to follow me at Twitter at Danny underscore Belts. Be sure to follow the Sports Antidote on Twitter at Sports antidote one and on Instagram at The Sports Antidote. Anything you want to close with? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Always forget that. And tell some people about the podcast. Tell your mom and them. Tell your people. Keep it real, Antidotians. We'll see you next week.
2: See yeah.